Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Our scripture lesson for today comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This morning, we are continuing our sermon and series entitled, Why? Over the last year and a half, we have endured a pandemic, social injustices, and sharp divisions. For a period of time, we all sheltered in place. We got out of our routines, our habits, and we were separated from our community. During this time, we all suffered in many different ways. People began to question a variety of areas in their life, and one key area was their faith. They began to wrestle with the question, why? Why should I believe in God? Why should I have faith in Jesus? Why should I participate in worship and even come to church? Why why should I pray? And today, we continue to address these valid and relevant questions. And this morning, I'm addressing the question, why should I engage in Christian community? To better answer that question, I believe it would be beneficial for us to define some terms. What exactly do I mean by Christian community? Well, a Christian is one who professes faith, devotion, and has a growing relationship with Jesus the Christ and purposefully lives into the life that Jesus calls us to. A community is a group of people having a particular characteristic in common. So if we combine these two words together, then we come to the understanding that Christian community is a group of people who profess faith, devotion, and have a growing relationship with Jesus the Christ, who purposefully live into the life that he calls them to. Our scripture lesson for the day is one that gives us a picture of what Christian community looks like. Allow me to give you some context by sharing what has taken place leading up to this passage. The resurrected Jesus promises his disciples the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus ascends into heaven, 
The apostles choose Judas's replacement. Then they experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Peter addresses the crowd at Pentecost and thousands are converted to the way of Jesus. The author, Luke, then provides us this snapshot of what the early church looked like. There was a lot that could be talked about for there are several key characteristics found in the early church as described in this passage. We see that the believers devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They would fellowship, they would eat together, and they would pray. All of this shows how they lived in Christian community. When we look at the text, we see what the effects are of Christian community. They made material and financial sacrifices to care for the needs of others. They spent a lot of time with each other, eating together in their homes. They were glad, they were generous, they praised God, and they had the goodwill of all the people. People were drawn to this type of community and came to join it on a regular basis. When Christian community is lived out, it is attractive, inviting, and transformative. This morning, I would like to give you three reasons why you should engage in Christian community. The first is that you were created for community. When we turn to the creation account found in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we see that after each day of creation, God looks upon what he had created and sees that it was good time and time again. God creates light and saw that it was good. God creates the atmosphere and saw that it was good. God creates dry ground and plants and saw that it was good. God creates the sun, moon, and stars and saw all that he created and saw that it was good. God creates birds and sea animals and land animals and saw that it was good. Then, after God creates the first human, God views it all, God's, God's view of it all elevates, and the text reads that it was very good. Then God creates a garden and places the man in it. That is when we see a shift. God says it is not good that the man should be alone. So God creates a partner for the first human to share life with, an equal, made out of the same flesh and bone, to enjoy a relationship with God, to marvel at God's creation together, to work with all that God had created, and to take care of it together. We were created for community. The second reason I'd like to give you of why you should engage in Christian community is that you need it to fulfill a deep need within yourself. In regards to Genesis chapter 2, one author has made helpful observations on this text. What is striking is that the fall has not yet occurred. There is no sin, no disobedience, nothing to mar the relationship between God and man. The human being is in a state of perfect intimacy with God. Each word he and God speak with each other is filled with closeness and joy. He walks with God in the garden in the cool of the day. 
He is known and loved to the core of his being by his omniscient, love-filled creator. Yet, the word God uses to describe him is alone. And God says this aloneness is not good. Sometimes in church circles, when people feel lonely, we tell them not to expect too much from human relationships, that there is inside every human being a God-shaped void that no other person can fill. That is true. But apparently, according to the writer of Genesis, God creates inside this man a kind of human-shaped void that God himself will not fill. No substitute will fill this need in your life for human relationship. Not money, not achievement, not business, not books, not even God himself. Even though this man was in a state of sinless perfection, he was alone and it was not good. When we live in isolation, several relational maladies tend to come our way. We can easily lose perspective on life. We tend to fear intimacy more. We become more self-absorbed and we are at a much greater risk of sickness and poor health. We need Christian community to fulfill a deep need within ourselves. Currently, one of my favorite TV shows to watch is called Alone and can be found on the History Channel. Are there any fans of this show here this morning? There we go. All right. I got a witness. I appreciate that. On the show, there are 10 people who are completely alone. They are dropped off in the middle of absolute wilderness and are given minimal supplies for survival. They have to build their own shelter, forage and hunt for their own food, fend off wild animals, no joke, like wolves and bears, and film themselves doing it the whole time. Sounds like good American entertainment to me. They have a satellite phone that they can call and tap out at any time. If they want to get out, say, hey, I'm done with this nonsense, they can call, use a satellite phone, and they can tap out. The last person remaining wins $500,000. And there have been several seasons of this show. Some people, they don't last very long. Some people tap, tap out within the first week. The longest anyone has lasted was 100 days. 100 days alone in the wilderness, hunting, gathering and fishing with minimal equipment. I've watched a few of the different seasons and it's always interesting to me why people reason with themselves, why they choose to tap out. Sometimes, unfortunately, they accidentally hurt themselves and they tap out. Sometimes they really struggle getting food and their nagging hunger convinces them to quit. Sometimes people get too scared and tap out. Since a lot of their shelters um, are made out of branches and logs, some people tap out after their shelter catch on fire and burn to the ground while there is snow falling. However, there is one reason why people tap out over and over across the different seasons, because they miss their community. 
They miss their kids, their spouse, their family, their friends. Their desire to be with their loved ones becomes greater than their desire for half a million dollars. So many times I've heard the contestants talk about how they miss their loved ones and will strive to better prioritize their relationships when they get home. We were created for community and we need it to fulfill a deep need within ourselves. The third reason that I would like to give you why you should engage in Christian community is this. In Christian community, we collectively thrive. If we look back to our scripture passage from Acts chapter two, we see that when Christian community is lived out, like I said earlier, it is attractive, inviting, and transformative. People from all different backgrounds, ethnicities, and experiences coming together under the common unity of Jesus, worshiping together, doing life together, and caring for one another. That is beautiful. And that is something people want to be a part of. To end my sermon this morning, I would like to share with you a story about how when we engage in Christian community, we collectively thrive. There once was a mother named Sue. Her husband's name was Bruce, and together they had three lovely daughters and one son. The Berkeys were fully committed in their discipleship of Jesus and embodied the life that he calls his followers to. They were very involved in their church, and so were their children. The children attended Sunday school, youth activities, and were involved in the youth choir. Life was not always easy for the Berkeys, but with their foundation as their faith in God and their Christian community, they endured. Unfortunately, their faith would come to be challenged. One day, their teenage son was driving alone down the road and hit a tree, killing him instantly. On that tragic day, the Berkeys lost their only son. Sometime later, their youngest daughter became interested in one of the new boys who began attending their church. This boy was part of a group of three boys who were freshmen in high school who had just started coming to the church and youth events. The boys had more energy than most. They were loud at times and tended to be disruptive. Some of them came from broken homes. Two of the boys were football players and they had the egos to go along with it. This boy was not Bruce and Sue's ideal choice for their daughter to date, but they made an intentional effort to keep their heart open to him. The youngest Berkey daughter was just 15 and they had a house rule that they could not date anyone until they were 16. Bruce and Sue said it was all right if the boy wanted to come over to their home, but they could not go out alone. So this boy came over and visited a few times to spend time with their daughter, but more often than not, he would bring along his other two guy friends with him to hang out with the Berkey family. Bruce had quite the man cave, he had a nice TV, he had a pool table, and more Dan Marino memorabilia than you can imagine. The boys loved watching football with Bruce and getting beat by him in pool. 
And Sue loved to cook. And the boys, well, they loved to eat. Whenever they left the Berkey house, Sue would give each of them a dozen homemade chocolate chip cookies. The Berkey's daughter and the boy only dated for a few months. Relationally, they went their separate ways, but the three boys continued to come over to the Berkey's house almost every week. And Bruce and Sue continued to pour out their love. These three boys would grow up, they got married, and they would bring their families over to the Berkey's house for a Sunday lunch now and then. Bruce and Sue lost a son quite tragically, but because their hearts were open to the will of God, God brought three sons into their lives that needed love and direction. I was one of those three boys. And the other two boys, Brad and Justin, are still my best friends today. Surprisingly enough, we all three work as pastors. Over 20 years later, we still go over to the Berkeys with our families when we are in Napanee, Indiana. The Christian community we experienced with the Berkeys through the church was not only transformative for us, but for Bruce and Sue as well. Here at Marietta First, the primary way we seek to foster a Christian community is through our small groups and our Sunday school classes. If you are not plugged into one of these, then you can learn, learn more about them on our church website, or you can speak with Reverend Ryan, who oversees discipleship here at our church. Additionally, I would like to encourage and even challenge all of our small group and Sunday school leaders and participants to create an environment that is looking for and welcoming to new people who desire to engage in Christian community. Why should you engage in Christian community? Because when we engage in Christian community, we live into the life we are created for. We fulfill a deep need within ourselves and we collectively thrive. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.